Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Father, we thank you for your mighty and holy word. We declare that we believe it is true that all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for doctrine and correction, for exhortation, Father. And we ask in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit who inspired, guided, and protected the Holy Word of God would teach us and counsel us and lead us into the knowledge of the truth. Use your servant today, rule and overrule, in Jesus' name, amen. If you ever hear anything from me, this goes every Sunday if you ever hear anything from me that does not line up with the truth of the, whole, of the Word of God and the witness of the Holy Spirit, just disregard it and say, well, Pastor made a mistake that day. Uh, the Word of God is perfect. I am not. First Peter chapter 2. Now we start the series today on discerning difficult passages. In other words, what do we do when we find a passage in the Scripture that is confusing, is frustrating, that doesn't sound like what we've known about the Lord before. What do we do with that? Here's one right here I'll start out with. This one troubles me. First, Peter, uh, First Timothy chapter 2, let's begin with verse 8. Paul writing to his young pastor that he had called and covered Timothy, who was now pastoring the church at Ephesus. Paul says, I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, without wrath and without doubting, in like manner also, that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith love and holiness with self-control. When I read that passage, I say, what in the world is that? That is so different from what I seem to believe or was, and I know some of you, and you can rightfully say, Pastor, you uh, ordain women to ministry, and uh, you have women leading the worship of the church. So what's up with all that? Well, here's what I want you to do. Let's go on a journey here now, and let's see if we can get some light into a difficult passage. And uh, now that I've given you one, and there are many, 
but we'll start with this one. Now that I've given you one that is troubling, let's see where we go with this. First principle, first and foremost for every believer is always ask the Holy Spirit to give you insight into the passage. Why? Remember what the Word of God says, 2 Timothy 3. The, the Word of God was inspired by, they spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who generates the Word of God and the truth. Let's go to John, and uh, let's begin at chapter 14 of John. Okay, now, where are we now? I've got a problem here. What do I do with it? Well, first of all, I ask the Lord, I ask the Holy Spirit to help me. Verse 16, chapter 14, Jesus speaking here. Right before he went to the crucifixion, he is speaking here during the Last Supper with his disciples, and he said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Everybody say that with me. The Spirit of truth. So what is the Holy Spirit going to do? He's going to tell the what? Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and will be where? And will be in you. Are you, have you come to know Christ as your Lord, yes or no? So the Holy Spirit has come to indwell you, yes or no? So the Spirit of truth now dwells where? In you. Okay, good. So first thing you do when you see something that is is baffling to you, is you say, Holy Spirit, give me understanding. You are the Spirit of truth. All right, let's go a little farther here now. Let's go over to the next chapter, chapter 15, verse 26. Chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Helper, that is parakletos in the Greek, that is one who is called alongside to help and encourage and comfort, When the Holy Spirit, the Helper, comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of what? Who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of who? So He is the Spirit of truth, and He's going to bear witness of who? Jesus. Okay, good. All right, let's go a little farther here to chapter 16 and verse 13. 16, 13. Still talking about Jesus, still talking about the Holy Spirit. This is very vital. He keeps on talking about the Holy Spirit. However, when He, the Spirit of what? Has come, He will guide you. Everybody know what guide is? Doesn't mean dictate, doesn't mean force. Doesn't mean He'll beat you over the head and make you get it. He will guide you. I love that. He will guide you, how? Into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Why? He will glorify me, Jesus speaking here, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What is the Holy Spirit going to do? The Spirit of truth, he's going to talk to you about who? Jesus. Jesus, all right? 
So first thing we do is we ask the Holy Spirit for His guidance. Remembering 1 Corinthians 2.16, we won't turn there. Paul is saying here, we have the mind of Christ. You do know that, don't you? When Jesus came to live on the inside of you, He didn't leave His mind out. There's no excuse for biblical ignorance. Uh, the mind of Christ dwells in us as believers. So why don't we access that? Why don't we by faith say, Lord, give me your mind. Help me to see this the way you're thinking. Spirit of truth, help me to understand this. And then be patient as he will guide you. Many times, look, people want an answer from God. They want it right now. And they think that if they don't get a blast out of heaven's loudspeaker that they have missed it. Remember this. The Holy Spirit most of the time guides you into the truth. All right? So, we say, Lord, <clears throat> Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, help me to understand. Now, the next question we ask is, does this sound like Jesus? Why is that? Because the Spirit of truth is going to reveal who? But here's the main reason. Look at John 14, verse 9. The main reason we ask ourselves when we come up, we come against a roadblock, we've come to something we don't understand, we ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, and then we ask this question. Does this sound like Jesus? Go to verse 9. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you've not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Wow. He who has seen me has what? All right, go back quickly to the right now to Hebrews chapter 1. I want you to see something. Don't take my word for it. Look it in the Word. Hebrews 1. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen who? Okay, you want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. So that we are asking, does this sound like Jesus? Verse 2, chapter 1, Hebrews 1, God has spoken to us in these last days through His Son. He is the epitome of the expression of what God is like, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, upholding all things by the word of His, the express image image of God's person is who? He's just like Jesus. Man, he's just like Jesus. So we ask, second question, does this sound like Jesus? Third thing we ought to always do is ask ourselves this. Am I approaching the part from the whole, or have I allowed the part to be, have I allowed myself to become so obsessed with the part that I have forgotten the whole? Did you understand what I'm saying? When you see a passage in the Bible and you zero in on it and it begins to disturb you and you don't understand and you're wondering what's going on there, back away and say, Holy Spirit, please give me guidance. Back away and say, Does this sound like Jesus? And then ask this question, am I looking at this from the whole perspective of what I know about Scripture, or am I, do you know that cults are formed by people 
who forget the whole and focus on just a little bitty part. You better watch out for that now. Amen? All right. Now, <clears throat> when you encounter a difficult or troubling or confusing passage, ask this question. All right, this is a big one. Is this a specific message to a specific issue, or is this a universal principle without exception? Always seek to discern the biblical context, and when necessary, seek to understand the historical context. Always try to discern what the whole of Scripture is saying, and when, you, when needed, when possible, try to understand what the historical background out of which this specific instruction came from, what was that? Remember now, regardless of whether this was a general, universal law or principle, remember that all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for correction, reproof, doctrine. It's all got profit in it. So, Lord, what do I do with this? And the last thing I had down there was, when you're stumped, or even if you're on the journey of your study, look for respected, mature, sound sources of biblical teaching and knowledge that you can glean from. All right, on the back of that outline... I'm sorry, on the, the second page. Would you go to the second page? Now we're going to take a step now in the passage that we just read earlier in trying to discern what the Lord is saying. Okay, let's take our first Timothy 2 passage that we read at the beginning, and let's go through our questions, okay? So, as we go through our questions about this passage, about where Paul tells women to keep silent in church and uh, not to basically have any spiritual authority, uh, let, let's ask ourselves this question. Holy Spirit, all right, I want you to do this with me. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom and discernment. You who are the spirit of truth. I ask you to guide me into all the truth. I thank you that I have the mind of Christ, and I ask you to enable me to see this the way you see it. Then you ask our second question. Does this sound like Jesus? Did you know that people throughout hundreds of years, hundreds of years, have used religion and brought some of these texts out of context and used this to propagate attitudes of inferiority towards God's daughters. What a travesty. How would you like, you got a daughter? How would you like for people to see her with dishonor and disrespect and to treat her that way? How would you like that? Wouldn't go over very well, would it? This has been perpetual. Do you know that in some of the early church leaders that I have read who are highly respected, there are teachings from some of them 
that you wouldn't believe. If you come back next Sunday, I may tell you a few of those. Incredible of how they see women as inferior to men, and they take passages like this, and they use it to justify those type attitudes. Can I ask you something? Does that sound like Jesus to you? Well, let's take a look at the record. Did you know that Jesus raised the social status of women more than anybody else in his day? You were not to be seen with a woman in public, especially not talking to her. So what did Jesus do? Went straight to the woman at the well. And guess what? She wasn't even a Jew. She was a different race. Now try that one on. Remember, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus goes to the Samaritan woman, and everybody was in amazement. Like, what are you doing? You can't do that. Oh, yes, he can. Do you ever think about the fact that Jesus' closest friends outside of his disciples were Mary, Martha, and Lazarus? Two out of three of those were, how about that? You ever thought about that? When he was traveling in his ministry, he would go to Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house. And they uh, were such wonderful friends. What about, uh, I want you to see this. Turn to Luke chapter 8. I want you to see something. Some of you are in ministry who listen to me all around the country now. You, you, you need to listen carefully to this. Luke chapter 8. Remember, we're asking, does this sound like Jesus? Luke chapter 8. I've got to get me something with a taller lip on it, somebody, because my markers fall every Sunday. Chapter 8, verse 1, it came to pass afterward that he, Jesus, went through every city and village, village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him and, not just the twelve, and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's servant, Herod was the king of the Jews, so here's a woman uh, who was the wife of a, a higher up in politics of Jewish society who was following Jesus, and Susanna, and many others, many others who provided for him from their resources, their substance. Jesus' ministry partners, some of the closest the most depended on, some of the most generous followers of Jesus who ministered to him and helped provide into his ministry financial support were women. Did you know that Jesus' first appearance after his resurrection was not to the disciples, but to Mary, a woman? 
Mary Magdalene. His first appearance after his resurrection. He could appear to anybody. So are you beginning to get the picture? When you ask about a problem passage, does this sound like Jesus? Does an inferior uh, view of women sound like Jesus, yes or no? On the basis of the evidence, does it? And uh, I mean, we could go on and on. So let's ask the next question. Okay, we've asked the Holy Spirit to guide us. We've asked, does this sound like Jesus? The next question is, what does the overall view of Scripture tell me about this matter? Does how this sounds line up with my Father's character of love and grace, justice, mercy, and sovereignty? Right out of the gates, when God created Adam and then He created Eve, the Bible says in Genesis 1:27 that when he saw Adam and Eve, what is the first thing he did? He blessed them. He supernaturally spoke life and power and blessing into Adam and Eve. There was no difference in the blessing that God blessed them both with. He breathed into both of them, the blessing of God. Well, did you ever stop and think about the fact that uh, God talks a lot about Naomi and Ruth and Deborah? Deborah was a, did you know that Deborah was the judge over Israel for 20 plus years? God's choice. So do you think God thinks women are inferior? Two whole books of the Bible, Ruth and Esther, are what? Written by women. So uh, what are we, what are we uh, learning here? Uh, let's keep and ask, ask ourselves the question. Next, uh, what's the biblical context of this passage? You know, a lot of people I've heard over the years say, well, you know, Paul just didn't think much of women. He had a real problem. And uh, when you look at the Timothy passages and you look at the 1 Corinthians passages, and we'll, we'll get into more of that later. I don't have time for it today. But what, is Paul really, as some think, did he have a problem with women? Let's go to Galatians. Galatians, please, chapter 3. And let's see if the man who God used to write the passage we read in 1 Timothy chapter 2 at the beginning of this, let's see if he really did, in the context of other letters he wrote, if he really had a problem with women. If he did, it would seem that it would permeate all of his 13 letters. Right? Chapter 3, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. That is, there's no, nobody has the advantage. There is not one who is loved and favored over another. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor 
female, that is, God doesn't favor one over the other, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. God, there is equal value in Christ Jesus. And who was the human author that wrote that? Holy Spirit using who? Paul. So we're asking the question now, did Paul have a problem with women as it appeared if you just look at that one passage? All right, let's go on down a little further. I want you to turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 16. This is, this is a beauty. Romans 16. Told you you're going to have to search the scriptures now. Romans 16. Chapter 1, I'm sorry, verse 1. I commend to you Phoebe. Hmm. Skip on down there to verse 3. We'll come back to Phoebe at a later time. Verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers. My what? Fellow workers in Christ Jesus. So what does it tell you about Priscilla and Aquila? What about them? Turn with me to Acts chapter 18. I want want you to see about Priscilla and Aquila. What's the deal with them? Acts 18. After these things, who? Who? Paul. This is talking about missionary journeys of Paul the Apostle. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently bec- had come into Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius, that was a Roman emperor, had commanded all the Jews to get out of Rome, and he came to them. Paul came to them, Priscilla and Aquila. Everybody got that? So, because he was of the same trade, remember he was a tent maker by trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. All right, let's go to verse 18 there. So Paul remained a good while in Corinth. This is in Corinth now. Paul remained a good while, then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria, and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. Hmm. Wouldn't you think that if he had a problem, he wouldn't have had Priscilla and Aquila accompanying him? He had his hair cut off in Chintria, for he had taken a vow. He didn't want to be offensive to people he was trying to present the gospel to. And he came to Ephesus. Now I want you to see uh, verse 26. And so he began, he he began to speak boldly in the synagogues. This is talking about a powerful man back in verse 24, Apollos, who was An eloquent man, verse 24, mighty in the Scriptures. He had come to Ephesus. 
Priscilla and Aquila were there. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, and when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. They took him aside, and they explained to him the word of God. Here was a choice servant of the Lord, a mighty, eloquent man, mighty in the Scriptures. And who was he being taught and instructed by now? Aquila and In other passages, you'll find out that Aquila and Priscilla were co-pastors in the city of Corinth. The church met in their house. They were co-pastors. You have co-pastors in this church. Dean and I have been from the beginning and and still are co-pastors of this church. She has great ministry function, and I have somewhat So Aquila and Priscilla taught this great man, Apollos, who was mighty in the Lord. Um, Let's go back to uh, chapter 16 of Romans. We'll close with this. Romans 16. I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Chintria. Do you know that we miss, do you know that the word servant is diakonia? Diakonia. You know what that is? Deaconess. Diakonia. It is a female servant. It is translated deacon, deaconess, minister, and servant. Now notice he, she is, this is the Holy Scriptures. Who is writing this under the direction of the Holy Spirit? Mentioning women who are in places to be regarded and respected. Now watch what he says there. Assist her in whatever business she has need of you. So did she have some leadership? Yes or no? Assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed she has been a helper of many and of myself also. She has helped me as an apostle. She has ministered. Listen to her and help her in the assignment she's been given. Now let's go back to verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also to the churches of the Gentiles and greet the church that is in their house. I told you they were co-pastors. The church met in their house. Their house. All right, are you beginning to get... The drift of this here, that it is a fallacious argument that the Apostle Paul, under the direction of the Spirit, considered women as inferior. Jesus is okay, the other apostles okay, but that Paul, man, that's just not true. What I'm trying to tell you is, don't look at one little part, look at the whole. 
Okay, now what we've got to do next Sunday is this. I begin to show you the context of Scripture, which is the most important context you study when you reach a difficult passage. Okay, sometimes to get greater understanding, you have got to get a little understanding of the historical context. And that's where next week I'll begin to show you the context out of which this letter was written and what had happened in the church. And I think you'll get better understanding of some of these very difficult patches. Are we learning anything? Okay. Good. Three of us are. Let's all stand. What a wonderful time in the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your holy and mighty word. And we declare that it's true that all scripture is profitable. Give us understanding. And Father, I pray by the Holy Spirit, you would recognize in us any areas where there's inferior thinking, where there's false assumptions, where we have learned from culture, We've learned anything that doesn't line up with the truth of the Word of God. Help us to see it better. Help us to live in light of it. Holy Spirit, reveal to us in our inner man if there's any prejudice toward any person on any basis, and we bring it to you and we say, Jesus, we repent. Thank you for your mighty love your mighty blessing. As we go forward, Lord, help us to understand that roles are vital to you. They have nothing to do with value in your eyes because you value us all differently. But enable us, God, by the Holy Spirit to take on the respect, the admonition, and the prayerful support of roles that we are to all play. Not assume that it's just because it's not ours, it's not equally valuable. I pray for us, Lord. Give us understanding. Open the eyes of our heart. More than anything, give us a greater intimacy with you, Jesus. May we not be dominated by our minds and the confusion that seems to come into our mind, but we may walk in light of your word the precious and holy name of Jesus. And all the people said, all right, we'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.